Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Blake Street Irregulars, your local Colorado Rockies podcast on Mile High Sports. We're recording this on a Friday. The Rockies lost last night to the L.A. Dodgers in, well, disastrous fashion. And with me to talk about it today is Eric Goodman, the host of Afternoon Drive on Mile High Sports Radio. He's the flip side of our show, uh, but this is a little more famous. How you doing, Eric? Famous? Yeah. I don't know about that. Oh, I think it is. The only thing I have on you is just a skosh more hair. <laughs> well, that's hey, that's uh, that's something. Uh, we, we'll get into that in a minute, but also want to mention our sponsors. This, as always, is brought to you by Tap 14. Tap 14 on 1920 Blake Street is just catty corner of the home plate entrance at Coors Field. Go on up there. It's got the best rooftop bar in town. 70 Colorado beers on tap, 100 Colorado distilled spirits, and a rotating menu. So whether the Rockies are home or away, it's the place to go. If you catch me there, make sure you say hi. But, Eric, the Rockies have now lost seven out of nine games. They have had a bad homestand at this point. They have uh, three more against the Dodgers, as we record this on Friday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Then they go for six games out to Houston and Atlanta, two teams that are doing really, really well. How dire is this weekend series for the Rockies now? I'm not going to predict anything with this team. Because when you think they're going to win, they lose. When you think they're going to lose, they win. For all I know, they're going to go on that road trip and win the majority of their games. It's just too hard to predict what these guys are going to do. They're like a roller coaster. When they're up, they can beat anyone. When the bullpen is awful, they're going to lose to just about everyone. And we saw that again uh, last night. The bullpen has been uh, awful. That's a pretty good way of putting it. I mean, it's really been a rough, rough run for the Rockies uh, and the bullpen. Wade Davis leads the league in saves. Doesn't feel like it because he's been a disaster. The ERA's terrible. The blown saves are terrible. Uh, how demoralizing is this to a team when you find yourself in positions to win against good teams like the Dodgers and then have your bullpen consistently cough these games up how much does it cost guys just ask the broncos defense about the broncos offense over the last couple of years how demoralizing has it been for them how demoralizing has it been for the nuggets players who play on offense yet don't play any defense at the end of the day when you have a lead and you're getting when you're getting quality starts from young guys that you didn't expect to progress this soon, and then you have a bunch of veterans who come in and they can't slam the door when they're expected to slam the door, you know what? It's one of those things that no one's going to be perfect every night out, but when you put this type of money into the bullpen and those guys can't perform, if you're Jeff Breidich, you're thinking, I just don't know what else I can do. $106 million in free agent money put into that bullpen. That's as much as anyone's ever done in a single offseason in Major League Baseball. May, um, may never be done again after this season. Right. Wade Davis has the best ERA of the trio of Shaw, McGee, and, and Davis, of course, with a 5.51. Wait a night, minute. Shaw was flawless on Thursday. 
then again, he wasn't in a pressure situation because the team was down by so much. Isn't that kind of ironic that finally you get a good performance out of Shaw, but it's really in mop-up time because they brought him in in a situation which they were so far down, you know, you want to stop the bleeding clearly, but at this point, the horse is so far out of the barn, it's on the horizon line, and that's when they brought in Shaw. Yeah, and the, the Rockies are getting uh, – what's what's really frustrating for them is really this may be the best starting rotation the Rockies have ever had. Tyler Anderson uh, to open this series, six innings, one earned run allowed before it all went poof, and and this has been a consistent theme. Kyle Freeland uh, is 10-7 on the year. His ERA is barely three, barely three, 304. John Gray's come back and looked really good. They have had a, actually a very solid rotation for this year, but it's been that back into the bullpen that's been really keeping them from being successful. In all my years in broadcasting, I've never used a tug-of-war analogy, but I'm about to use one right now. Generally speaking, the strongest person in your tug-of-war is the guy on the end who has the rope around him, and he is looked at as your anchor guy, right? Right, okay. Well, they're strong, you know, first guy holding the line, second guy, third guy, that's your starting pitching, that's your offense. The problem is, is that your anchor guy, at least the way it's gone relatively consistently this season, the guy is about 79 pounds and four foot three, and he keeps getting pulled. And, and you just can't count on him anymore. And that's the problem with this team, that it is demoralizing and no lead is safe. You know, baseball is a mental thing just like any other sport. But you don't want to have the uh-oh, here we go again mentality. So just look at a football team. Look, look at the, the San Diego Chargers with Dan Fouts. They build a lead. Then their defense would blow it. Even if they had a two-touchdown lead, there was an uh-oh moment. Here we go again. And once that gets wrapped into your head, it's hard to get out. And even though you don't have the control over it, your gut feeling is, oh, man, who is Bud throwing out there now? Let's look at Bud Black for a minute. I guess I I forgive him a little bit. Forgive is not even the right word. I don't blame him for much of what's going on with the bullpen because – What's he supposed to do? These guys have a track record of success before they came into the, to yeah. the team that they shouldn't be this bad. McGee, not as much right. recently. But if they're all this bad, what do you do? I mean, when you reach, you look down to the bullpen and say, all right, who should I put in? You have no idea what you're going to get on any given game. They, they might be really good. They might be really bad. I mean, it's, it's a mess. So if you're Bud Black, how responsible are you for this? Or are you responsible at all? You don't have any other options. I mean, your, your coaches are trying to help these guys get better, but you can't throw those pitches for them. You can't locate for them. I'll give you a bigger worry. McGee, Shaw, and Davis, all of them have two more years left on their deal, and they are pinned into these salaries. What if these guys bottom out? Then you're stuck with these salaries. The best example I can give you is it looked like a good signing, when the Rockies signed Mike Dunn, and he was probably good for the first month or two when he first joined the Rockies. And now you can't count on him even in a blowout because the blowout, instead of one touchdown, it might become two touchdowns with him. For a long time, we watched the Rockies shy away from signing free agent pitchers because of the disasters that ended up with the Mike Hampton and Denny Nagel deals. Guys, they paid a lot of money to. Uh, they, they weren't as good as advertised. I think history was maybe a little 
crueler to Mike Hampton than you'd expect. Nagel was a disaster. Hampton was actually all right, yep. but he wasn't worth the money they had paid for him. Right. And then the Rockies shied away from it for a decade. Is that what you think we're facing now again as a Rockies team that isn't going to be interested in investing in a bullpen forever now for at least the next 10 years or so? Well, you're going to have money to spend. When you look at the starting rotation, all these guys are so young, you're not going to have to pay them for a while. Where are you going to wind up putting your money? Well, let's start with Nolan Arenado. You certainly want to bring him back. You've already put money into Charlie Blackman, and for him, he's had a drop-off year. There was a column today that suggested that he should move to left field, and I don't necessarily disagree with that, but him trying to roam all that real estate looks to be wearing on him a little bit. You have a guy like David Dahl. You're not paying him a lot. Ryan McMahon, you expect to be a player someday. Uh, You're not going to have to pay Brendan Rodgers at all. Right now, you're really not paying Trevor Story. So you do have money to spend. And I think the most sense is bring in bullpen guys. That does make sense. You want to groom starters. You don't want to groom bullpen guys. When you draft guys, generally speaking, you are not drafting a guy to be your middle reliever you're drafting him to be your starter if they don't have enough pitches if they only have a two-pitch arsenal yes they will probably be a relief pitcher but you don't you don't draft closers although the Rockies tried that with Casey Weathers and that didn't work out very well no and you're right that is one of the things to keep in mind is that uh, with all due respect there can be great relievers but they're all failed starters that's just the way it it works by and large at the major league level that's that's more or less it I'll agree with that to an extent because There are certain guys, I wouldn't say that they're failed starters. I would say that they are great at two pitches and they are pegged for a closer's role early because they have a 100-mile-per-hour fastball and they have a wipeout slider. Their change isn't very good. Uh, Their off-speed pitch isn't very good. And those guys can be very, very beneficial to you. I I don't remember Aroldis Chapman being a starter, was he? Uh, no, not by the time he got to the to the majors because he'd already been relieving uh, out there in Cuba as well. Yeah, I mean, when, when you see a guy through your system and you see that he does dominate with two pitches, you, you peg him as a relief pitcher and hopefully a closer and hopefully he has the mentality. You want to draft guys with three, four pitches, but if they just don't develop them, then obviously you move them into that role, which is going to be a relief role. Um, I, I think they're on the right track with drafting a lot of Dan O'Dowd guys developing. That's, I think, a Jeff Breidish thing as much as anything else. I think they're okay in their rotation. I don't, I don't think that free agent pitchers, starters want to come here. They don't want their ERA to blow up. They're still totally spooked by pitching here. Kyle Freeland could probably look at them and say, you don't need to be spooked. You just need to be stronger mentally. Yeah, I think that is the case, and they're getting good returns there. For the, for the Rockies now, like we talked about, they have the, the three games remaining with the Dodgers at home, then they go away for six on the road. How concerned are you, three and a half games out of both the NL West and the wild card at this point, if they, say, get swept by the Dodgers? Is it over, or are you, you still hoping that there's a little bit more? It, it's a little too early to say it's over. Uh, you and I did the show yesterday, and we saw what happened in 2007. What were they, two, three games over 500? Right. And, and they caught fire. Listen, with the way this starting rotation is pitching, generally speaking, with the way this team is hitting, generally speaking, if things continue with those guys and suddenly the relief pitchers, something snaps with them in a positive way and the light goes on, this team can rip off seven wins out of nine. 
But right now they're not because those guys aren't getting the job done. So it's impossible to predict this team. It just really is. I think we've seen enough consistency out of the starting rotation to feel good. I think we've seen enough consistency out of the hitters, and that's good as well. But the bullpen has just been so wildly inconsistent, and that is what is troubling. If those guys can get their stuff together, then I think this team can make a little bit of a run. But if you keep losing to teams in your own division, I mean, those are head-to-head matchups. And you can't keep losing those because those are one-game swings every single time. Yeah. I can, basically, if you've been listening to me this last few weeks, uh, bringing Eric, Eric Goodman's a great idea because comparatively, he's Mr. Sunshine. So uh, don't panic yet. It's it's still early. We'll see what they do against no, the rest of the Dodgers. No, no, it's it's not early. We're basically in we're basically in mid-August right yeah, now. Yeah, you're in six weeks left. I mean, it's it's hard to to mess around here. But if they have something going in their favor. Or if you want to be cynical and say it doesn't go in their favor, if you want them to go on a run, you want them to go on a run in September, more so than April, May, June, July, and August. For this reason alone, in September, you play almost exclusively against teams in your own division. Those are all one-game swings. That's going to end up being a major part of this narrative, especially if the Rockies can get things back in order. Even if they were to split with the Dodgers this weekend, we're talking about a very different narrative when we come back uh, on Monday and, and talk about the uh, the next series on the next version of the Blake Street Irregulars. Eric Goodman, you can follow him at Eric Goodman on Twitter, or you can listen to him uh, every weekday, 4 to 6 p.m. Uh, in Colorado, the Mountain Time Zone, or anywhere that you can get the internet, which is anywhere you're presumably listening to this right now. So, hey, Can I make uh, a suggestion? Yeah. I want to steal something from a friend of mine. Uh, a good friend of mine, his name is Brian Davis. He used to be the play-by-play guy for the Oklahoma City Thunder. He used to do a show with a guy by the name of Steve Lyons. Remember him? Of course. Little, little off-kilter. Okay? And the name of their show was Psycho and the Bald Guy. I think when we do a podcast again, that's what we should call ourselves. <laughs> Just steal it. Courtesy of my friend Brian Davis. All right. Well, Psycho and the bald guy. Pretty good company. And you to certainly keep. know what I am if you're the bald guy. Yeah, that does solve that, doesn't it? It's more of a compliment to you than it certainly is me. Oh, okay. On my show in the mornings, which you can catch at 7 to 9 a.m., it, it's usually not when they mention it. But, uh, you know, those guys. <laughs> Forget those guys. You're not listening to that right now. Anyway, thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, Make sure you check out our friends at Tap14. Spell it out, tap14.com. Check them out. And like I said, I'm I'm out there quite a bit. So say hi. Uh, I'm I'm, I'm the bald guy. And I'm the psycho. Okay, well. Self-proclaimed. There you go. That's never. hmm. Is that a a good thing? Is that a good thing? I'm self-defecating. (laughs) Self-proclaimed. Goodness, you've been listening to the Blake Street Regulars. We'll catch you next week on Mile High Sports. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job, it's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.